Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. We want to thank you this morning, Lord. Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God, both now and forever. Like it says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be, holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for the Word of God that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Thank you, Lord, today that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God, was with God and the Word was God. And when the Word came down, the rider of the white was in Revelation chapter 19. He had a name given to him called the Word of God, riding a garment dipped in blood. The Redeemer shall come again, is returning. Behold, He cometh with the clouds. Even now, the time is at hand, at the door. So as the Scripture would say, Awake you who sleep. And coming to the light of God, the night is far spent. And daybreak is upon you. The light of the glory of the Son of God coming for the bride. We thank you for this in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, the helper. I don't know, I will, without your help, not be able to repeat that first session. But I pray for your help. And I thank you for the mind of Christ. And I thank you for every heart that is here, willing, ready to hear, to receive, and to do the necessary amends in his, her, or anybody's life. As we move forward, Let's walk with God in the time of the end. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you all. And you may be seated. Good to see you. Um, on the 24th day, the 24th day, I'm sorry, the 22nd day, the 22nd day of the month of Tishrei, first of the Jewish month, there was an invasion from the Gaza Strip into Israel, causing 300 people to be killed by invading terrorists. With nothing else but to carry people, keep them hostage, and go off. 22nd of Tishrei of the year 5784, the new year like 2024 cometh, this one already began. The Israel calendar is the prophetic one to work with in terms of biblical prophecy. 22nd is the date. 22nd is 2 times 11. This is double 
double 9-11. Double 9-11. It is a disaster. There is the world economic coming disaster. There is a world that is changing and going to change now rapidly. That actually I don't have words. Now, two o two four is ahead of us all. It's a bit early days, but it's already begun in Israel. Twenty four, I didn't say the first service. Twenty four represents the throne of God, with both Old and New Testament holy ones, elders. Bowing down before the throne of God, 24. Everything centers, everything moves alone as commanded by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everything. 24 is the foundation after the church age. There's a difference between the end of days and the end of the world, the world end. When God creates new heavens and new earth, Revelation chapter number 21, but not there now. 24 is the throne of God, the scene on the throne of God, and it also is the number directly linked to prayer and intercession. Because in that throne, of God's presence. An angel steps forward with fire of the altar and sweet incense that rises up before the throne of God, Revelation chapter 8, and the incense of the prayers, the prayers of the saints ascended before the throne of God. Then there were heard noises, voices, rumblings, an earthquake, and the trumpets began to blow. That's Revelation chapter 8. The throne of God is the center of the entire creation, both seen and unseen. The unseen being far more influential than what you see in the natural realm. Because Almighty God, to start off with, is there where you can't see. Making the unseen realm or dimension far more powerful. Let me say this to you, because of the massive prophetic implication, not only world economy, all the signs of the times, the time of the signs, massive prophetic uh, um, impact from the Bible, I instantly saw that. I will do special services. Tonight I continue, next Sunday morning I continue, next Sunday night, four of them in a row. Special prophetic services. When in the early morning of Saturday, I became aware of the invasion of Israel, 
I might say to you here is a code list of the numerics of the Bible goes on. And in this numerical situation, 20, 22nd Tishrei is double 11. What does that stand for? Judgment, disorder. I read here from this. Judgment, disorder, and deliberate manifestation of chaos and disorganization, imperfection, the subversion of an order designed to bring about confusion. Consequences of deliberate rebellion against God, His authority, the Holy Land, everything that God stands for, both in our lives and forever, will never change. When I saw the news, I immediately, it was like, I remember 19, um, 81 it was really, that uh, having been just filled with Holy Spirit and baptized, in those days, I went to church, and for the first time in my life, I prophesied right there in the congregation. It was the AFM church, and it was in a place called Universiteitsig, right next to Johannesburg University, at the top of the hill there towards Brixton, on this road here, I think it's on Deckers, that goes up to the top there. I got up in the church, and I said, God is saying to you, here in the church, as the lightning flashes and enlightens the sky from the east of the west, so will the coming of the Son of God be. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and you be restored and saved in this time of this evil generation. It hit the church because they didn't expect that. Same thing happened again at the next prayer meeting, did the same thing, and they just shouted, Harold's now filled with Holy Spirit. And I started prophesying and saying, how long will God speak? And man refused to hear. With this in mind, it was like a lightning bolt from heaven above. I want to tell you that lit up my entire system for, for many, many years, 27% of this Bible is all prophetic. That prophetic in a moment became alive to me. And I, my mind was just running cross-references like that all the time. And the one thing to the other thing, that's why the first service here is like introduction tonight, I continue, because I want to get to more detail, if I can, about the, the end time world in terms of what happens in the financial world, the coming economic disaster. So, leave that for a second. I began to think, and in my mind there were images. You know, in the year of 2000, or 1945, shall I say, because we know that's 1945. On, I think it was the 31st of October, a nuclear bomb, the first one used, 
against the nation during war and with war was thrown on the place called Hiroshima. People say Hiroshima, it's Hiroshima. A bomb named Little Boy containing up to 18 kilotons worth of explosive. But this time nuclear, with radiation comes with all package. It wiped out Hiroshima, then they threw a fat man on the city of Nagasaki. That one was 23, up to eight, 23 kilotons of TNT. That was dropped right there on Nagasaki, two cities. Japan gave up immediately and uh, surrendered so that they'd be spared because more could be in the pipeline. They just didn't see an answer to that thing. I say unto you, in the last days, there are weapons at hand. I'll talk more about that in these four sessions that people don't even know and you cannot stop them that I've seen now this week. I spend days from Monday to Friday not coming out of that study all the time. Pages of notes and notes. I went on with that. Then in the year, it was um, 1954, just four years later, there was Castle Bravo explosion as a nuclear test 1,500 kilotons explosion. Castle Bravo, American test. But it was nothing by comparison to what you see here, which is an image of Tsar Bomba. This one, this particular bomb, was 100,000 kilotons. The biggest nuclear explosion in history, this one behind me. And I've looked at the official recording, video recording of that time of the Russians and hear them speak in Russian about this bomb. They were much concerned that the earth itself could be split in two by this bomb behind me. The nuclear race had begun. Tsar Bomba is the most powerful bomb that has ever been exploded on this planet, way above little boy and fat man of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I immediately went to just refresh on a lot of these things, like Peter says, by way of reminder. Refresh, but then in the process discovered a whole lot of new things and I couldn't stop. But I looked at the construction profile of a world war just between Russia and the United States, or should they begin a nuclear war with each other? What I saw was very frightening. How that these nuclear bombs were flying in every direction, and you literally, you know, can see how many cities immediately just take it out. 
the one trying to stop the other. Nobody can win a nuclear war. Then I looked at the construction of what scientists say, what would happen shortly after that. Well, if that is the case, which is not the case in terms of the book of Revelation and how many people died where and where and how, if you look at that, then you know in your heart that the possibility of that nuclear war going like I've just told you between Russia and the United States, 99% of the world population would be taken out. 99. With that being said, when I looked at that model, I thought to myself, look at that, the last place on earth that also goes under the nuclear fallout cloud and nuclear rains and the temperatures dropping so badly that people on earth would not find it livable. The Antarctic was the last place on earth that finally also succumbed. Sun no more shine, and there was a nuclear cloud everywhere on the planet, which would take a long time to clear, obviously. I then looked at, but what else? Prior to that, building up to that in this exchange, immediately you see the entire Europe and America and on and Russia turning grayscale just gray color. No food, no water, everything polluted, everything radioactive, starvation. You go to Revelation chapter number six from verse number one, where the first seal is opened. And you see the rider of the white horse there in Revelation one as opposed to Revelation 19, that is Christ coming down from heaven. But Revelation chapter number six is the Antichrist that wears a crown, not many crowns, has a bow, but you don't read about arrows, going to conquer, conquering and to conquer. We know that is the Antichrist people could go about that one. It's actually like an old thing. The other thing that we know is that it was followed by a red horse to cause conflict on planet Earth, conflict such as mankind has never seen, trouble such as mankind has never seen. The rider of the white horse, the red horse I mean now, is the war, the war horse, the horse of war. Peace, when they say peace, then sudden destruction comes. When they said peace in the Middle East, Middle East, then suddenly on Tishrei 22, what happened, happened. They had the Abrahamic Accord, and immediately, if you know the prophecies of the Bible, you know which nations will and which nations will not cooperate. Because it's very prophetic here. Biblically prophetic. Lots of detail on that. So, after that horse comes the chloros horse, the pale horse of Revelation, which is one word, famine, scarcity, and what will not be able to, to be get 
to even buy food. In any event, about what I'm talking about tonight, about the mark of the beast, in any event, if you do buy, you will not be able to buy. Because the whole world is moving towards a situation which is not thinkable except you study these things from many resources over and cross-reference. Like we did, we read university, we just did cross-references. You have all these, these books and you have to take them together and any of that knowledge comes together and they're all dovetailed like that. So what we do know, number one, is they won't be able to buy or sell. Revelation chapter number 13. What we do know is that the human population will be under severe control. I haven't even started with what happens up there or spoken anything concerning South Africa or any other country. But I am speaking about the Middle East because I've said to students since 1986, hundreds of them by now, I said to them, Israel is like, you know, a thermometer. You can say barometer, doesn't really matter now. But I said, it's like a thermometer. You were wearing a red tie and it's that long, that long, that long. You see Israel, what happens in Israel, then vastly impacts the church world. And that's just a fact. Well, you say, how can you say that? Well, in the year, for example, there is an uncanny parallel with God moving on Israel and then moving on the rest of the world, the church. But the world also, but the church within that context. For example, 1880, there was a man called John Alexander Dowie, Dr. John Alexander Dowie, planted the Zion Church in the United States started the healing revival, so much so that the church building on the inside, I got pictures of that, was right around decorated with crutches and all kinds of braces on the walls, sitting packed out some 12,000 seater, and he was preaching. But right there at the same date, same year, there was Israel, and there was a man called Theodore Herzl. And uh, Theodore Herzl birthed the Zionist movement the church, Zion, the Zionist movement, same here. From there, without going to into all the details, because I got a calendar on these things, from there, the dates run here, there, here, there, there, here, here, there. It's all the time parallel to this hour. You find revivals at such times. The number 24, 2024, is a number considered as a number of prayer like the prayer event at the end of the year. But the whole year of 2-4 is a number of prayer. Prayer revival. So, so it goes on to modern day history and on Tishrei, the seventh feast of Israel. There are seven feasts what we call the sacred calendar. That sacred calendar runs from the feast of the Passover to the feast of unleavened bread to the feast of weeks to the feast of Pentecost. That's four.
to the feast of the blowing, the blast of the trumpets, and the Yom Kippur after the period, the dry, dry period of those months in between up to about September and October, these two months, there is then the blowing of the trumpets, there's the Yom Kippur. And then there is, of course, the Feast of the Tabernacles. The final feast, as people were celebrating, even in the desert, there was an invasion from the Gaza Strip and they began to capture soldiers, even officers, with a bulldozer blasted through the fence. They sent drones in advance, went through the fence, and then took people captive, even right now. The army is busy. They're cleaning, cleaning the cities of these people that invaded. And um, it immediately reminded me of First Samuel chapter number 30, where King David and his men came back from war and they arrived at Ziklach only to find that the Amalekites, the word Amalek means, Hebrew Aramaic means the warlike spirit. They also attacked Israel as they came out of Egypt. The days where, where Aaron and Hur held up the hands of Moses. Joshua was in the battle with Amalek. Here, Amalek again. King Saul lost his kingship his throne because of just disobedience concerning Amalek. God said, I will wipe out Amalek from under the sun. God was opposed to that. God gave those people a promised land. The seven feasts. On the last day of the last feast, suddenly people that were out there in the desert even in the south were having like a day of now celebrating, it's at the end of the feast, when suddenly the invaders took captive many and then poured across the border up into Israel. When, it, when the news hit me, Benjamin Netanyahu got up and he said, this is a, a black day. And he reminded me of these atomic well, there are all kinds of nuclear warheads now. I won't get into that detail. But it reminded me immediately of what is now to come. While Iran is, according to the, all these reports, I study them, is very much confirmed, involved with feeding them, smuggling weapons and armament into the, that place. They might be chuckling. And then up there, in Lebanon with Nasrallah and Hezbollah, they're also rejoicing because of this situation. So God was counseled by King David. I mean, that's the first thing Israel should do right now. In returning and in repentance. Tov Shabbat, it means to return, change your mind, return to God, return to me and I'll return to you. Um, David counseled with God and then of course God said pursue the Amalekites you will conquer and you will recover and you will recover all there was another unfolding situation well then there was war again with the Philistines same area 
And um, Israel went on the Bethlehem or Bethlehem, that is Bethlehem's side, that would be eastwards from the spot where this has taken place. On a hill, there are two hills with a valley in between. You go to the one hill, you go to that hill, on this hill. On the, on the western hill, there's the Philistines. On this hill here, here's King Saul and his people. In the valley there is a cursing giant by the name of Goliath. We heard that story so many times. Of course, Goliath took out that, or rather David, King David, took out Goliath. But it so happens to be that Jesus Christ is the son of David. And Goliath representing the Antichrist will be a gigantic problem to a world after the church has departed. A gigantic problem. And the son of God will take him out, the son of David. Oh, sure. At the end of the Armageddon. Revelation 19, 20 to 21. Particularly chapter number 19 at the end. History repeats itself. But to the church, Netanyahu went on to say these words. He says, this is a long one. This is not a short-term war. In the meantime, there are nations that itch to get involved. This book says so. It will therefore be so. How many of you believe in this word of God? I need to see all your hands. Come on, give the Lord a proper praise of it. This very beautiful book. I got two here today. So, I marvel... And some of these people that still go around say, well, the church is not going to depart to be with the Lord in the air. First Thessalonians chapter number four and verse number 23, where the church departs. Second Thessalonians, where the Antichrist is revealed. The church depart the Antichrist. The whole book of Revelation, John the Apostle, things which you've seen, Revelation chapter number one and 19, things you've seen, Jesus Christ appearing in the midst of the golden lampstands, the things which are those seven churches. And the threat, if you don't repent, I'll come back and I'll return your lamp. I will take it away from you. No more light in such a church. Seven churches in a row, seven church ages. If you study church history, you can see them there. When you get to a point of the final church, the church of the Laodiceans, you find yourself with a lukewarm church. At the end of the day, there is a fall out and there is a falling away. We'll get to that. But the church departs. So, this war begs for the nations of Ezekiel 80, 80, uh, 38 to now react also. We know that there is a situation in the Ukraine but I've seen the reports of the Ukraine men. They're getting tired now. Battle weary is the word. Will you also be killed? And there is the Israel situation. God says, I'll put a hook in your nose. Behold, said the Lord to Gog of the land of Gog, the prince of Rosh, Mechek and Tubal. 
Russia, Mechek, Moscow, Tubol, Tubolsk, Russia. I'll put a hook in your nose. And that day, there'll come an evil plan in your heart. You'll move to the Holy Land. But in the day that the Holy Land gets invaded and attacked, wrath will come up in the sight of God. In the book of Joel, God calls it His land. To Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, He said, I give you the promised land. It's called the dispensation of promise. It's all about those three senior patriarchs and the birth of the nation of Israel, the exodus from Egypt, and then what happens is they arrive to conquer now and take in the promised land. Some couldn't enter the promised land because of their unbelief, because there was an evil heart of unbelief in those days. So some hold that, well, the church is not going to go, the church is not going to go. What about it if the days of tribulation, Matthew chapter number 24, here from this beautiful book, when Jesus, the Son of God himself, says things. He spoke very much in Aramaic, in Hebrew, and of course, the Bible documenters wrote in Greek as it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But Matthew 24 gives us a very good look at what is about to be happening to the planet where God specifically speaks and addresses Israel. Revelation 1, 2 and 3, the seven churches, chapter number 4 and 1. Then I heard a voice from heaven and said these words, Come up hither, come here, and I will show you the things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, there was the throne of God. Now you find the church in heaven. The throne of God is there. Now you find who's worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. Now you find they're all worshiping and praying before that throne, everybody. Then they sang the song of Moses. You're worthy to receive the scroll and to open the seals thereof. For you bought us from every tongue, tribe, kindred, nation by your own blood. After which, the scene leaves them as the Lamb of God opens the first seal. Out comes the Antichrist. That is, the Antichrist, second horse, war. Third horse, chloros, famine, scarcity. The fourth horse, horse is death that follows in its tracks. So it speaks automatically to me. And you will understand, when I saw... It, I realize there is an end time world which is at the cusp. I'm using here a mathematical term. Cusp is like you take Tryon, I can give more uh, examples of that, even take the bell curve, but let's just take a triangle in trigonometry and you have where you reach the top point of the triangle if it was with a flat base at the bottom, you have that. When you reach the top point of the triangle. That is called the cusp. After the cusp, the other point says everything goes down. A total collapse of society that we have known and once knew. Future events cast shadows that touch us in the now. They cast their shadows as the future goes away. Their shadows, if somebody walks, it's a shadow following. 
in the sun. When we look there, we need to look at the shadows busy building up the darkness and you see the future event. And if you know this word, then you understand how urgent it is. So if I look at the economical situation, I'd like to talk more about that as I continue into the night. But um, I phoned my dear friends in Israel, two of them. The one on your left side is Khader or Khader. We call him Khader, he's really Khader, as it's pronounced in the local language, Khader. He owns the bus company by which we toured, I toured Israel 32 times. I know Israel better than South Africa. It's just like it is. On, the, on my left side there is Gus, our tour leader, outstanding man, been in Bible school here. I said to him, if I see you again, I'm going to ordain you. Because he preaches to every group now. He's full of the Spirit. He's walked with me, still calls me. These guys call me their pastor. It was much weeping on the phone. Khadr said to me, they're calling up people everywhere. He might die. He's now with his family right next to Jerusalem. He said to me, he left the group in a hotel there, a touring group, could be a South African group, in a hotel there. They're calling him to the army. They've canceled all flights to Israel now by the Many, many airlines just stopped. The terrorists said, we're especially going to go for the old airports in Israel. They're engaged in battle. In the meantime, this world we're living in is filled with backsliders, filled with people who don't even come to church on a Sunday, filled with a word called ignorance. Now, ignorance means a lack of knowledge that will impact behavior. I'm confronted by one after the other after the other that do not know this book, never read it once, didn't even read the New Testament once, looked at it, put it down, and said, will we believe now in um, evolution? We studied that, or had to study it, as it came up in my university studies. And you look at this, you know, Here's a simple solution. Tell to the evolutionists. Tell them. You that now know all these things. Tell them. To replicate your theory with things that you've not created. Get your own dust together and create a man or a planet or the universe. And then come along and say to me, All right, we, we, we will do anything like in the days of Moses, those magicians said, we can do this, that, and the other, and they found they couldn't. And God took them out and judged them, the gods of Egypt. So I found these two men behind me, and uh, that word now behind me, and uh, I just spoke, and Khader just said to me, Pastor, I want to tell you, 
this is the best moment of my life that you phone me at this time when I'm called up and I'm scared I'll never see my family again. That rocked me. Now, I want to say to you, for 27 years, no more than that, he's fought, actually more than that even, I've been into the prophetic scriptures. They just, like that, and now everything is going, it's data, with data, with data, cross-reference, and there, and that, and this verse, that verse connects to that verse, this happening there, so. And I realized that there is a build-up to all of this. Sadly, said goodbye. It took them a little bit of time to say goodbye to me. People said, Pastor, why didn't you go to Israel? If you asked me, I'll told you. I would have told you that I expect big trouble. When it came, it was unexpected to Israel. At the end of one of their sacred feasts, seven is the number of completion of a cycle of perfection. Eight speaks about the millennium, building up to the seven, six thousand years since Adam and Eve. If you work by the Hebrew calendar, almost not so. But you know, the Jews were there first, you know. Somebody said, why do you write from right to left? They said, who do you think wrote first? Why are you backward this way? So you learn to read newspapers from the back to the front. Genesis begins there, and Revelation would be in the front. Having said this, I realize there's this build-up, major impact on the church. Better know on which side of the fence you stand. God, the Almighty God, hallowed be His name indeed, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. God said these words, promised land, gave it to the children of Israel as eternal inheritance and spoke about his land and his people and we have the Tanakh or the Old Testament. We understand, understand those things. The reverberation on the two worlds, the church of the kingdom of God and the world out there, and of course, Israel. Israel and the church running like that, as I told you. Now, notice this. I'm going to give you an illustration in a moment of what they're planning now because they, <laughs> they're talking now about cutting down the world population. Some parts of the world they're talking about, they will control people. You will not be able to work or go from your home more than 15 kilometers. How far is your work from you? Neither will they buy or sell. And then they have the new vaccine. There's a company and I was quite amazed at the boldness of the speaker of that company. I followed him through from beginning to end where he spoke about this marvelous big pharma and how they've now designed the syringe for the next pandemic. And how that this is a package, you put it in a, it goes into a, like a packet, a sealed package. 
but it's already filled with a vaccine. Now, if you look at this, guess what? These vaccines are in that syringe that looks like that, but it is designed in such a way that with the so-called vaccine will be a computer chip as well. There's the chip. See it there in the palm of the hand. Well, don't show those images. I'm still going there all together. The mark of the beast. Revelation 13. So this RFID chip, as I've just shown you, the RFID chip, you become a radio station, my friend. And you get tracked. Now we get to mind control. Boy, oh boy, does that not open a door. So, the new era, which I will talk about tonight more, begins like that. But, nothing for us to fear. Because when these things begin to happen, look up. Look up. For your redemption draws near. The prophetic part of the Bible I discovered fully and absolutely and truthfully, and so it is. There it is. Take your scripture by scripture just like that. No problem to me. But the prophetic part of the Bible, if you read it, it's to build you up, to prepare you to pray your, prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord. That being said, the end time is at this cusp, and this is right before um, a caveat, um, caveat, as it's like a, a prophetic warning in advance of what's coming now to the world. The world waxes more evil. You see the signs of the time. If you alert yourself, you'll see it in the news everywhere. It's like strings within me that go ding, 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 that one there, that one there. And they all come together. It's like this dovetail. Let me say something to you. Now the body of Christ, now the bride of Christ. Romans chapter number seven, First Thessalonians chapter number five. Tells you about the bride of Christ. So, Anybody with any form of sanity thinking about the love of Christ which is totally transformational. Faith that comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And the word says, we're going to depart and to be with the Lord. Nowhere in the book of Revelation after the church has departed to appear before the throne of God do you even read about the church now until you get to Revelation chapter 22. Nowhere you see those things. That middle section deals with the tribulation, the great tribulation. The church itself, get this. You're part of the bride of Christ. How many of you are part of the bride of Christ today? Let me see your hands. Do you believe that? Raise both your hands and then wave to the Lord that he might see your hands. You're in the presence of God here in this building for sure. The Bible says, Romans chapter number 5, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 
God is not, now that we've been bought by the blood of Jesus, how much more shall the Lord save you from the wrath which is to come? Secondly, Second Thessalonians there, we talked about the Antichrist that says, you know, but God has not appointed us unto wrath. Who's the us? The believers. To whom is that book written? To the Thessalonians in Thessalonica. And those people had people dying in their families. They thought, now, you know, what, what happens now with them? And then Paul comes out about First Thessalonians, about the, the catching way of the church. Then he talks about the manifestation thereafter of the Antichrist. You are now living in the signs of the time we're at the cusp. That's where we are. And I must be honest with you, if I see one good scholar of the Bible that's not talking about the catching away of the church now at this hour and warning of what's coming, all of the people know I mean, even Pastor Tienji on the platform was saying, I hope I'll see you next time. I hope I'll see you Sunday to preach. I just hope for it. I'm exactly like that. The fear of the Lord is with me. Every day of every day of my life, I recheck, check, check, check again. We taught that, they taught us that when we did the IBM computers. Check, check, and check again. After you check, check, and check, and check again. Because you've got to be accurate, very accurate. Now, build up. System of the beast. The financial world. I'll continue with that tonight. After that, the rest of the story is simply staggering, confounding. When you roll out the end time world weapons, oh, I tell you, it was like a lightning bolt from heaven above and I lit up. And I just see everything come into place. Now, I close with this. If you, here and now, I'm not going to call you forward nothing. When we call altar call, nothing. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, stand up, Nothing. But today, this year, is Sunday, the day of the Lord, and eight. It's time for everyone to make a new beginning. The Hebrew Tov Shabbat, return to God. If you are not sure, but I mean 100% sure, that if Jesus had to come now, you're not going to stay behind in this church. When people vanish around you, and they're there now and they're gone. Everything they had with them, even cars, anything, just left behind there, right now, like that. In a moment, atomo, in a twinkling of an eye, like that. A split atomic second particle of time. If you're not sure that if that call came out now, that trumpet, the last trumpet blows, Come up hither. Come up here. If you are not sure that your name is written in the Lamb of God's book of life, you have really, truly repented of sin. You've committed your life to Jesus Christ. You asked Him to wash you in His blood. You prayed to Him and you returned to the Lord with all of your heart. 
your name now is written in the book of life and you, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, He does so. And then you commit to the day of the Lord here, the Sabbath day, to be faithful and true to the Lord God without departure from Him. If you're not sure of that, if you're not sure if you're part of the bride of Christ, maybe you've backslidden, maybe you've just come here per chance, or maybe somebody invited you, it happens. Thank God for those people that invite people. I want to pray for you, and I'm going to pray for everybody. I'm not even going to say to you, lift up your hands, nothing. I'm just going to say to you, would you close your eyes before we enter into the financial world in the evening session and say, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in my heart that Jesus the Christ was raised from the dead. I believe in all my heart in Jesus Christ as my Savior, indeed, Savior of the world, Son of God the Father. I worship you, Lord Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here in the house of the Lord, I make a new commitment on the eighth day of this month in South Africa. I make a commitment right now, give you my life, Repent of sin. Please write my name then and keep it in the book of life. And right now, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I belong to Jesus. I return to you, Lord, in a most consecrated way. Never to backslide in my life ever again. Now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you. Save each and every one that said that prayer from the heart. Be with you always and forevermore. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up His countenance over you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all God's people said, Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.